you have the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen and the sweetest smile. Don't be afraid. I'm the Lord's servant. Help us! Please! Lady, I believe your son is the promised king of his people. What is his name? His name is Jesus. Mary, did you that your baby boy would one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy have to excuse me if I sound kind of sniffly. It's hard for me to get through that song. 
Um, so if you hear me sniffle or whatever, I apologize in advance. And we're on part four of Highway to Hope. And what I want to talk about in relation to where we are scripturally in finishing up that Luke 1 is I want to take you to that verse 45. And Luke 1 verse 45 says, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. I want you to lay hold to that today. Because why I shared that song, and I listen to Mary, did you know, the whole year. Because it reminds us that, especially in the world we live in today, we expect to see the whole picture. We expect that when we're faithful, when we are surrendering our life to God, that we will see and experience every part of that blessing. But Mary didn't know when she said that she's the Lord's servant and that she was being obedient of all that she would witness, all that would happen. Because imagine if God had showed her everything ahead of time. Would she have been able to bear it? Would she not have run and hidden her child somewhere? So we have to recognize in our own lives that God can't show us every mountain high, every valley low before us because it would be too much for us to bear. But we must lay hold to being obedient in the moment and doing our very best each and every day. What's so special and and what to admire in Mary and what to look for in ourselves is that, think about it, here was God, here was Mary in a time that the angel came to Mary first. That's why when I hear people talk about whether women should be in ministry, etc., etc., I can give example of example of how God brought the word first, planted the seed first within a woman. God entrusted a woman with his only begotten son. And her state in society was low. She was a female. She didn't have the rights of men. She didn't have the power of men. She could have been stoned killed for being pregnant without a husband. And let's be for real, who would believe her? That this baby was conceived by the Holy Spirit, that God, they would think she would, they'd really want to stone her because now you're using God along with your sin. Right, but she accepted this job. She accepted and was caught in the moment that she literally was fearless. Even with talking, which we haven't gotten there yet, when talking with Joseph. So imagine, we would think, according to society, and I'm sure 
that maybe you've even heard people say that if God had called you into ministry, he'll tell your pastor or he'll tell your small group leader or someone over you of what you are to do. But I want you to see in this example that the Lord sent an angel to tell Mary first what he was going to do, how he had found favor within her. So if you're like me, I was waiting for someone else to come and confirm what God was sharing for me. And the Holy Spirit had to let me know that no one is going to confirm that. You have to walk and move in that. And that's what I'm telling you today. You have to take the steps. No matter if you feel that people may reject you, no matter if you think that, as we know today, depending on where you live, you're not going to get stoned. And obviously, there are some people listening in countries that have those challenges and and death can be um, something that's even happening today. But for the majority of you listening, no one is going to stone you for living the life with Christ. They may talk about you. They may talk about you via words and have an opinion. But believe it or not, they're going to talk about you anyway. So let them talk about you and let them see the power of God within you. So when it said blessed is she, to me, it has such a strong meaning for that time, but it has such a strong meaning for you today. Many of you, you may be struggling in sickness. You may feel low. You may be struggling financially and feel that there is no way out. And I want you to think of Here was a woman who knew that death could be in front of her. She didn't ask the angel, well, what are you going to do with the people? And what are they going to say? And what if they try to attack me? What if blah, 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 blah. She didn't go into the excuses of how this could be a challenge or a problem. But she had a faith that blinded her to the fears And just elated her that God would found favor that the Lord is with her. She knew this before the angel came that the Lord was with her. So these words were confirming what she already knew in her heart, what she already knew in her soul. And so when Mary starts speaking in verse 46, and she says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Many of you are in a humble state. Humble state financially, humble state within a marriage that you may feel trapped in, humble state of you might even be staying for your children's sake. You might be humbled by sickness and disease. Whatever that state is, you have to lay hold to Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. It doesn't state if you're healthy, if you're financially in good shape, or if life is good. It's in whatever state you are in right now. So what I want you to do today is I want you to write out what you feel your humble state is. 
what you feel is the things that are hindering you. What do you feel is blocking you from moving from what the Lord has told you? Because part two of what I want to tell you, if the Lord has spoken to you and you have just been sitting on it, you're also being disobedient. And disobedient comes with a whole other different set of circumstances. You know, we saw in earlier Zechariah, his mouth was shut because of his lack of belief. Well, if you look in the Bible and see what happens to folks who are disobedient, that's a whole different situation. And you may be seeing that in your life. Some of these things are coming out of maybe disobedience. And so what I want to encourage you today is to make sure that you list these hindrances as lies. These are lies that you've come to believe. And I want you to reverse those lies into your truth. And what is your truth? It's what we've been talking about, is that the Lord is with you. And blessed Blessed that you are, you are blessed because you were choosing to believe. Does that mean you have the strongest and the highest hope and faith? You have to start somewhere and you have to start with addressing the areas in your life where you lack hope, where you lack faith, where you lack trust in God. And those are in the lies. And those are the lies that we have to turn around so that you could start saying, as Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. You might come up with your own words to say, my soul rejoices in the power of the revelation of God, that I choose to believe that he is for me, with me, and will never leave me. I want you to take that humble position that says, I am worthy of the blessings. I'm worthy of the crown that he bestows upon me. Because what we know is Mary didn't know all that Jesus would do. But what we do know that if we have God, if we have Christ in our life, he is going to do above and beyond our imagination. That if we're hungry, he is going to feed me, as he says in verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things. He also, we look at 54, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. I don't know about you, but I need God's mercy. In verse 50, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Not only are we living before God, but we need our family, our children to be living before God and to fear that if God is not first and at the center of our life, that we will be missing out on blessings from generation to generation. I don't know. Um, uh, another thing I would like you to do is as you will see in, in verse 49, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. We have to be grateful for what we do have. We focus on the one or two things that we don't have and forget the grace and the mercy and the love that provided what we do have. So I want you to make a list 
of things that you need to be prideful for and thankful for that God has given you, whether it's in talents and skills, whether it's financially, whether it's that you have awakened this day and everyone in your household is safe and sound and well-fed. I want you to start dwelling in a place of gratefulness for what we have, that your prayer time become a place of extolling the Lord's name, of, of stating how grateful you are for what he has done, for what he has allowed you to see, even within the world, within your family, technology, whatever it may be, in your career, in the achievements of your children, in overcoming health and disease, and taking your marriage from a low place to a high place. That we have to, when we talk about what's the, the life of a servant, what's the, what is a servant? A servant is treated fairly. We're not talking about slaves. We're talking about a servant. A servant of God knows his place, his position, and knows that his provision is constant and always his future and his steps are prepared before him. That Christ is making a way. When we talk about highway to hope, we have to talk about also what is the position that we are in as we walk on along this road. As we walk along other people, as we bring other people along with us, as they see the joy of the Lord in our lives and we're walking forward, are we just doing this by ourselves? No, we are proclaiming the goodness of God as Mary did in this passage. It is so key that our tongue speaks life. I had a relative who shared with me that she, the doctor found some um, I'm not even going to call it disease, but sat, found something in her test results that brought her alarm. And my word to her was, don't focus on what the doctor told you that the test has shown and that they want to do further tests. Focus on what God's word says. Give life to the word of God. Let's not give life to what a man, a doctor, a pastor, or someone else has said that puts us in a state of feeling forgotten by God, for feeling depressed or, or worried or concerned. But let's channel that energy into the energy to be fearless, to be that warrior that takes the word and says that I am chosen, that I am blessed because I choose to believe that the Lord fulfills his word and his promises, that we lay hold to the word. And in every time we think of being worried, that we grab that word and we say it instead. We replace our words of weakness for our words of power, that we don't allow ourselves to get into a valley of what could, should, and what the, the man said or the woman said may happen to us. But I want to stand on the mountaintop. I want what we learned in Isaiah for those valleys to be raised up and for me to see 
and feel the glory and vision of what God has for me, that I can take communion, that I can anoint my head with oil, and I can say that my body is healed, my mind is healed, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper, that I can lay hold, that I am blessed and highly favored, and that God has chosen me to share my overcoming experience with others. So that instead of living and breathing in a place of fear of what might happen, and this is a word for me myself, that I stand in a place of what I know is true because the word says that it has to be fulfilled and that I have power in my weakness. So does that mean that you'll never be sick? Does that mean you'll never have um, unfortunate things happen? No. But it means that I'm taking my position of strength to deal with whatever comes. Come what may, Jesus Christ is who I hold on to. You know, the thing I used to always, and I still do, have this thing for love stories and love songs. And oh, it would so touch my heart. Now, when I hear love songs, I think of Christ. I think of who loves me the most in the world, who wants me happy most in the world. I would love to say it is my husband and my husband has great um, hopes for me. But in the journey and in the highway that I've been on, I've learned now that when I hear love stories, even when I hear the song, Mary, did you know, I tear up because of the love that I know that Christ has for me. And that I could never get enough of that, that it's not, there's no limit on that love, that what I feel today, it grows stronger every day in this relationship. And that it takes me to a place that there's no such thing as enough. And so when I meet believers and I say to them, do you need prayer or do you need healing? And they say, I'm good. That, you know, uh, when they say I'm good and, and I pray and, and I'm good with the Lord, I know that's not true. Because if there is a limitless experience with Christ. There is no such thing as being content that I've had enough, that I've seen all and done all with the Lord. That's impossible. That is impossible. When you're in a relationship with the creator of the universe and you think that you've seen and done, and I don't care how old you are, whether you're 80 or whether you're 100, you haven't seen all that God can do because it's not only your life that he's doing it in. It's in your children's life. It's in your grandchildren. It's in your neighbor's life. It's in your friend's life. And do you know that your presence in their life can bring a miracle, can bring a change, that even they may prophesy to you as Elizabeth did to Mary and say, blessed are you among women because God put you in their life to help them see how to make a way to change their life. 
I, I tear up. I fear. I worry for women who believe that they have seen all that God has had has for them. That's a lie from the devil. You can't possibly see all and do all for Christ in your one lifetime. Why does the word say from generation to generation? Because that blessing multiplies and multiplies. And so I want you to think of how Mary, she testified of God's greatness. Do you speak of God's greatness to anyone? Do you share with your children? How are they going to follow God if you don't share your life experiences with them of how God has brought you through, how there was no way but God that could have set you on the right path? So when we, are you hungry enough today? I ask you, I want you to make those lists and I want you to allow yourself to meditate and to soak up the list of what he has done for you. I want you to feel the emotion of the joy in those moments when God set you free, when God made a way when there was no way, when you were alone.